And um, I don't know, Mrs. Tice, would you would you want to come up as well? Um, and we could just like on the front. Yep, and we can get we can get a mic for her, um, or she can just use this one. Um, but I just kind of want to open it up for for Q and A. Uh, if anybody like, obviously, you know, last night, um, and then of course a couple sessions this morning. Um, but just to see if maybe anybody would have a question you'd like to ask them, um, dealing with marriage or child raising or just kind of anything like that. Um, so, okay. yeah. Let me say this as, as we get started. So, Lisa and Matt, we, we, we have people that we are no experts. We, uh, we, by the grace and mercy of God, God allowed us to raise five children who really serve the Lord. We, I, come, I come from a very, very um, uh, interesting background. I, I, didn't, I didn't think I was abnormal until my kids started telling me, Dad, you had a rough life. And I didn't think I had a rough life. Uh, I thought this was what we did. My, uh, but my dad died when I was 10 years old, as I said last night, when uh, uh, we, uh, my mother had to go to work, so we sort of raised ourselves. And um, all my brothers and sisters have been divorced and remarried, uh, we made a determination. We determined when we got married that we were going to stay together, that we would not even discuss div divorce, murder from time to time, but never, uh, never divorce. Um, uh, my wife is, is very strong-willed. I am very strong-willed. And, uh, and so we, we talk about a lot of things. I, I, the things that we teach, I want to make perfectly clear. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect at them. Uh, uh, we, we just believe that they are true, and we try to, uh, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit of God every day, we try to follow uh, the things that we're teaching, and, uh, uh, and um, we do the very best we can. We, I, I do believe this, that, that uh, God will have mercy on those who show mercy, and so we try to be merciful to others, and uh, I think it's so important. We, what we need to do is we need to be an encouragement one to another. We need to lift one another up uh, instead of allowing Satan to just tear us down. And we, we wind up in so, so oftentimes uh, in, uh, in our homes, uh, in our fundamental churches, uh, we find ourselves finding fault with everybody else instead of uh, doing what we can to lift people up and encourage one another. Let me, um, uh, when your pastor asked me, would I be willing to ask questions, I said, I, yes, I can say, I don't know as well as anybody else. And so, uh, uh, but let me share with you something from James that just came to my mind. The Bible says this, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? How can I tell if somebody's a wise man and endued with knowledge let him show out of a good conversation, that out of his lifestyle, his works with meekness of wisdom. But listen to these words. This is just so amazing. But if there be bitter envyings and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. If I'm being bitter towards somebody, if I'm being angry at somebody, that's not coming from God. He says this, if there's bitter envyings and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. He says specifically, this wisdom that causes me to have strife in my heart uh, and uh, not accept truth, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly. Another word for earthly is worldly, sensual, 
that is fleshly, and devilish or demonic. So if I want to be worldly, fleshly, and demonic, I need to I, I just accept strife and be strifeful and, and angry. Or say, God, man, I have this, I have strife. I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset with my brothers and sisters in Christ or my family members. That's not from you. I confess that to you. That's not right. Uh, fill me with a love and, and uh, understand that when I have these things, the Bible says, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. I just won't let that happen. And we determined that we were just going to work it through and become what God wanted us to be. And so the Lord, last 46 years, my wife and I have uh, been allowed to see God work through our lives. And we've seen some wonderful things happen in Las Vegas. And now we're seeing some wonderful things happen in different parts of the country. And uh, we're thankful for that. So... Um, I say all that to say, you're looking at a very imperfect person, but I'm more than willing to answer any questions that you would like me to answer. Has there been any texts or anything? Um, yeah, we've got one we can kind of get started with here. And then, of course, if you, um, you can just raise your hand and we can ask the question or whatever. But, um, but what happens when a husband makes a decision that the wife um, does not agree is the right thing to do? Um, how does the wife follow along in that decision? If she feels that the decision is not right, but the husband feels this is what they need to do, but the wife doesn't feel that this is what they need to do, how, how, how would you counsel in that situation? My, my counsel would be very simple. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, that a wife is to, in, to be in submission to her husband. It doesn't mean she needs to agree with everything that he does. So what she should do is very simply, and, and I'll have my wife answer this as well, what she should do very simply is say, okay, honey, this is what I think, and this is why, here's why I think that this is not going to work. Um, uh, I want to buy a new car. I think we should, I, this car, I'm sick and tired of it. It's fallen apart, and, and I'm sick of it. But we're not in debt honey we're not in debt well I still think that we uh, we're not in debt and we can get this fixed it's a whole lot cheaper to spend $500 and repair it than to get $50,000 in debt for a new uh, Ford Wrangler uh, you know whatever you want and and so I just don't think it's a wise idea uh, then explain why you think it's not a good idea and then leave the results to God do uh, give your opinion talk talk about what you think and then leave it to God, and that's not going back and saying, I told you not to do that, I told you we we're gonna be, an it's saying, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you with this, trusting you to guide me through my husband, but, uh, but you tell your husband your concerns, you tell him your, uh, your red flags, and you tell him your yellow flags. Here's why I think, here's the red flags, here's the yellow flags. I don't know exactly why, but I'm just not for it. Anna, do you agree with that? She said exactly. That's exactly what she would do. I know that. <laughs> Husbands, you need to remember this. It's very, very important that you understand that God put your wife in your life to give you those warnings, to give you those red flags. There's things that we don't actually want to hear from our wives because um, they're just too cautious and they're too worried and they're too fretting and they're, they have a spirit of fear and they must not be right with God. God knows that I need this new $50,000 truck right now. And, uh, and um, they don't understand the whole thing. But God put her in your life as your greatest counselor. 
Yeah, I think a lot of times guys don't realize that it's important to get the counsel of the wife even before the decision is made, not make the decision, but talk to them about it first and get their counsel, because uh, sometimes that can definitely help. Worst car I ever bought. I, I, uh, I was with my friends. I had this, this uh, caravan that was breaking down, just constantly breaking down. I thought, this is stupid. And I had a friend that sold cars. And, uh, and I was over, over at his place, and he was saying, you know what, this is good. I had another guy with me. It's terrible. You get three guys together without any feminine input whatsoever. And uh, they were saying, yeah, that is a piece of junk. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, you, I, I, you, you've driven that thing long enough. It's, what, 10 years old? And uh, so we went out, and I looked at this car, and I thought, I'll just surprise my wife by bringing home this car. That car, honestly, it was, it was like, a, I don't even remember the name of the car, but it was, it, was a, it was a caravan type of car, but it had a very slick front end, I mean, a big long front end on it, and it went back, and it looked like a spaceship, you know, type thing, and uh, uh, things would just fall off that car. I, I took the lock one time to open the back end of the, and the whole locking mechanism came out. I'd drive down the road, things would fall off the car. I hated that car, but I was always saying to her, it's not so bad, that's not so bad. I hated that car, and, uh, but I didn't take time to get her input, so getting input is so important. Yeah. All right, somebody else? Yeah. Right over here. Uh-huh. Okay. To guard them when they're on the internet? There's a there's a, a tool that I've heard of called so let, let me repeat the question so okay. those that are Good. watching live stream can hear it as well. But uh, the question is, if you have children, especially going into their teen years, um, kind of protecting them, uh, what, what advice or what uh, protection can you put like on computers, cell phones, things like that uh, as they're going into the teenage years? Because sometimes you may have to leave them at home um, uh, or just, you know, as teenagers get a cell phone and things like that, what can you do to protect them uh, on those devices and things? So go ahead. First of all, when it comes to cell phones, let me just address that first of all. We had a, a cop that was that I don't even know if he's saved, but he works for the Clark uh, for the uh, Clark County Sheriff's Department. Came and what he does is he deals with technology and teenagers. That's what he deals with. And um, the question was asked in our in our family life conference: uh, When should I allow my child to have a smartphone? He said, "You should let your child have." a smartphone when you're ready for him to see pornography because he will see pornography. He's a, this is not even a Christian. We just had him come in as an expert on, on uh, technology and, and those kind of things. And I would agree with him. Uh, the fact of the matter is um, it's just out there. It's out there on the internet and it can pop up. You can be watching Fox News and something pops up. I mean, it, it's just a horrible uh, on there. We did not allow our children, because uh, we didn't have to deal with cell phones uh, much, and especially smartphones, uh, but 
Our grandchildren, I know this, their parents do not allow them to have cell phones or access to the internet at all until they're ready to go to college. And then there's blocks that you can put on the cell phone. My personal cell phone is connected to my wife so that any text that comes into my cell phone goes to her. Anything that I view on my, on my cell phone, she can see. Everything. Be, and that, that's just wise. My son said to me one time when I was a kid, when he was a kid, he said, he said, you don't trust me, Dad, at all, do you? You don't trust me. And I said, no, I don't trust you. Not at all. I, I mean, it was trying to guilt me, right? I said, no, I don't trust you. I don't trust me. I said, I'm not going to let you go off somewhere with a girl. I wouldn't drive off with, a, with a, another woman in my car that wasn't my wife. I wouldn't do that. Why? Because I don't trust me. I don't trust her. I don't trust anybody's flesh. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So, son, no, I don't trust you. Uh, I, I believe what my children want to do right. I believe they love the Lord. I love the Lord. But I believe that, that there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common. It's common to be tempted all the time. So I'm going to make sure I guard them from that temptation. So uh, my grandchildren, I can speak that, to that, my grandchildren are not allowed, they were allowed to have flip phones um, while they were still in teen, teenage years, but when they got to be, went to college, they were allowed to have smartphones and access to the internet because they needed it to do research and also to call back. Um, but, I, but at that time, those phones are all limited. You can put limited access to a lot of things on there and you can control them. And I would, people say, talk about, well, you know, I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I want to be a helicopter parent. You can't be overprotective as a parent. I'll say this tomorrow. You cannot, in 2023, you couldn't in 2000, or in 1988, you couldn't be overprotective. There is no such thing as an overprotective parent. That's a bunch of garbage that's come from Hollywood. The fact of the matter is they need protected. Elephants, elephants, the biggest mammal on the planet, keep their children with them till they're full grown. Why would, in the world, would I send my kid off to, to the um, uh, mall or someplace and, or, or give them something that's going to give them access to all the filth in the world? So you have to be very guarded. And uh, when it comes to the, the, the Internet on your computer, uh, you can put things... I'm familiar with one program called Covenant Eyes. You can put on there that will guard... Guard that and will respond back and let you know if there is something on the computer that they've watched that they shouldn't have watched, and so you can deal with that. Covenant Eyes, you have to have, from what I understand, I, I've never used it myself, but um, in fact, I heard about it from David Young, um, who's an evangelist friend of mine. Uh, uh, Covenant Eyes makes, has an accountability partner, so if you watch something that you shouldn't watch, it goes to that accountability partner, and that accountability partner then should be you as the parent. Uh, it should be you, uh, somebody that, you, that you're going to answer to. So that's the only program that I know of. I know there are other programs that are like that. So if my, and I want my children to have internet access because they're doing research on, uh, but I want, I'm going to be very cautious about that and I want them to be accountable. Anna? Turn on mic too, please. There, um, the policeman that was talking about the internet cell phones, he also said the games that are very childish games, like that a four-year-old can play, there are 
um, child predators that disguise themselves and they will get in there, find out where your child is and that's child abduction has happened through baby games on your parent cell phone. They can track you. I don't know how they do it. They hack in. But so any cell phone at all with internet access, any tablet, Faith and John were telling us, can be tracked. And your child can be playing a four-year-old game on that. And they can track where your child is. And they can abduct your child out of their own backyard. Now, we live in Vegas, so we're very aware of that. Um, but people think, oh, it's innocent, and you see it all the time. You go out to a restaurant or at a grocery store, and you have these kids playing these games, and many of them have internet access, and they're playing with people they don't know. The people they don't know, a lot of times, are child predators. There's some dirty old man in Turkey mother's basement and you don't want them to have any internet access we know um, several families in our church uh, John and Faith run a small um, connection class and the majority of their internet access in the young families is they have the computer set up in the living room facing anybody who walks through any of the doors. It is, the screen is never shadowed even for the dad or even for the mother. And they have total internet access and after a certain hour when everybody goes to bed, there's zero way of turning it on and getting it opened by some child who's having a, you know, they don't wanna go to sleep or whatever. I'm shocked from time to time I will, get a, I will get a text from a teenager like in the middle of the night and I'm thinking, what in the world are you doing up on the internet in the middle of the night? It just shouldn't happen. So um, I don't think, again, that you can be overprotective and I hope that answers, yes. Also, we know, because we travel a lot now, this uh, preacher and his wife whose child uh, went back to school after two years of COVID and he was on the sports teams and he was one of the best players. Well, he had a girlfriend. And, um, and of course, you know, you were in lockdown, you weren't allowed to go visit your friends or anything. And when he got back to the team, they were all gays, the guys. And they were talking to him, well, you know, he, the preacher's son said, he's in a public school. And he said, how, how did you even get exposed to this? They said, well, right after school, these advertisements will come up in this, you know, do you have gay tendencies or whatever. And this was in a very conservative area. It's like they weren't even near any big cities. And these guys would just say, we just tapped on it. And, he, and the preacher's son said, but you weren't even allowed to leave your home. And they said, oh, you left your home. He said, no, I didn't. My parents wouldn't let me leave. And I mean, so even the people that were doing the um, school online, 
had advertisements coming up. Did you ever wonder if you were gay? Tap here. And that is how that whole team, he said, it was sickening. Everybody on that team was influenced yeah. by that immoral behavior. Yeah. So. Yeah, obviously there, there are numerous, I know Covenant Eyes, there's some others as well out there that you can do research on, but yeah, I, I can't overstress that. Protect your kids. Um, you know, even like the games they play, a lot of times ads will come up after a period of time and you have no idea what those, what those ads are, yeah. Um, the, I, I mentioned the fact that we play uh, Catan and, and uh, we play uh, Ticket to Ride. Those are closed games. Those are games that uh, they say, would you like access to, to, would you like to be able to play with? We never play with anybody we cannot see. And, that's, and in fact, we're the only ones. In fact, I don't want anybody to see how many times I've lost to my wife <laughs> because she cheats. <laughs> um, somebody else have a question? Um, how do you, what advice could you give um, with parents in dealing with um, children that are being disrespectful to the mother, um, just showing disrespect to the, to the mother in the home? Okay, there's two, two things. Number one, I believe that you ought to, I believe in spanking. I believe, uh, I believe in biblical, uh, correct spanking, and I believe spanking for the right causes. Uh, spanking uh, is uh, in the Bible, the Bible says not to spare the rod. The word rod means a switch or a, a, a limb off of a tree. That's what a rod is. And it's not a big limb off of a tree, but a switch off of a tree, a stinging instrument. My dad used to be in the carnivals. I worked the fairgrounds when, before I was born. He must have had a premonition that I was going to be born because what he did was he did balloons in the, fair, in the fairgrounds and he would make balloon hats for kids and he would guess weights and that kind of stuff. That's what he did. And um, uh, so I wasn't born until several years after that, but he kept, he kept a box. It was about a foot by a foot and it stood about this high of balloon sticks. These balloon sticks were uh, wicked. Uh, the, you, you pull them out and they're about this long and... Uh, and they're about uh, somewhere between an eighth of an inch and a quarter of an inch thick. And when they go through the air, they go, ving, ving. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Uh, whoever said, woo, knows what I was talking about. That's, uh, and and uh, they're stinging. They sting. They can't bruise you. See, there's a big difference. Now listen, there's a big difference between this and this. This stings. That can do damage. I've watched mothers spank babies diapers and I think the diaper is your friend and I've, I've watched them do this they'll do this and, they, and, and the baby jerks, jerks and jerks and I'm thinking and then they'll say spanking doesn't work that's because you're not spanking correctly the idea of the rod is a stinging instrument which goes on one little padded area that God established it's actually two pads and, and God established man made man in such a way that, the, that knowing that they were going to sin, uh, he, they could bend over and that, that could be accessed, that part could be accessed very easily. And you can take a child, you can bend him over your knee and you can actually take him here and put his, your, your, his legs under between these two legs and you, here, let me show you. Um, 
Preacher, can I demonstrate? No. <laughs> but you take, you, take a, uh, you take a child, and this is proper spanking. I'm talking not child abuse, but I, I'm sitting down. I take my child, I, I lay him over this, and I take this, his legs are down here. Now I have perfect aim. Now I'm going to do is I'm going to sting the part of his body that you can sting without uh, hurting him in any way internally. And I'm going to have a stinging instrument. It could be a lightweight, uh, lightweight paint stick. It could be a, a switch, my dad's balloon sticks. Uh, but it, then you sting it. You're doing this, not this. And you're not jerking. It's just stinging that, that padded fleshly area that God established for this purpose. And then, and then uh, so you, that's correction. It's proper correction. Now, before you do that, uh, in correcting, and I know that I'm taking this a little bit farther no, than yep. what was asked, but but if if someone is if one of my kids are disrespectful to my to my wife and say no, I'm not going to do that or whatever, then I'm going to come home that evening and I'm going to say, well, first of all, she's going to take care of it, but then when I come home, I'm going to say, you were you you said to your mom, you 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 you, you talked disrespectful to your mom, and they're going to say. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying, no, your mom said that you said this. Did you say that? Yes, I said that. Okay, so what's going to happen? I'm going to get a spanking. Yeah, you're going to get a spanking. Why? Uh, remember this. When, when God addressed Adam in the garden, he didn't come in excusing him. He said, don't do them. He, he gave number one. He gave some instruction. He said, you can have anything you want. He gave them a nice warm place to live, nice beautiful thing. He said, everything's yours. I'm taking care of you. He, he said, number one. Number two, he gave him instruction. He said, you can have any tree in the garden. So you got, the, you got this instruction. You got this beautiful home that, they've, they've, uh, that God provided. If you're not t taking care of your family, if you're not loving your family, you have no right to discipline them. But if you're loving your family and you're caring about your family, you're the authority, you represent God. Give him instruction. Secondly, he gave him warning. He said, now, here's the instruction. You can eat of any tree you want, but don't eat of the tree in the middle of the garden because if you eat of the tree in the middle of the garden, here's the warning, you're going to get a spanking. So you got instruction, you got, you, got, you, got, uh, you got a warning, and then remember this, Eve was confused, obviously, because when Satan said, uh, what about the tree in the middle of the garden? She said, oh, we're not allowed to eat it and we're not allowed to touch it. Now, I don't know where she got touch it from because she could touch it. So she was confused. Sometimes your kids are confused. They need clarification. So uh, give them clarification. So I tell people, first of all, you should be providing a nice warm home environment. You should give them instruction. You should give them warning. And then uh, there, sometimes you need clarification. Uh, I told my son one time, I said, uh, Matt, take the garbage out right now. He was watching something on TV. So he got up immediately, went over and got the garbage, tied it up and took it outside the front door and put it outside and, uh, and went back to watch the show. I said, wait a minute, I thought, thought I, took, I thought I told you to take the garbage out. He said, well, I did, I took it outside. I said, I don't want you to take it outside. I want you to take it to the garbage can. I want you to open the garbage can lid. I want you to stick it inside the garbage can. I want you to push the lid back on. If it doesn't fit, I want you to stuff it down inside. Then I want you to put the lid back on. You got that? 
Okay, so he got out and he did that. Well, he needed clarification. Actually, he shouldn't have been watching the TV, uh, but, uh, but, he, but he needed clarification. So instruction, warning, clarification, and then if they do it, you follow through. You don't yell at them. You don't scream at them. You don't. What we do is we oftentimes allow our children to get like they, they're disrespectful, they're disrespectful, they're disrespectful, and finally we say, that's it. The Bible says this, that he that soweth iniquity will reap vanity, and the rod of his, of his uh, anger will fail. What that verse teaches is if you spank a child because they're you're angry at them they'll know that you're spanking them because they're angry and it won't do any good so what you do is you give them your instruction you give them the warning you you clarify then they do it don't touch that they touch it you say okay come here what did you do i touched that what did i tell you was going to happen you're going to spank me yes i'm going to spank you know why am i going to spank you because you love me. That's right. That's what I ta taught my kids, that you're going to get spanked because I love you and I can't let you do something that's socially unacceptable. You disrespected your, your mom. You said this to her and you shouldn't have said that. So what do, you have to, what do I have to do? You have to spank me. Do I, do I love you? Yes, yes, I love you. But I'm not going to let you talk that way to your, to your mother. Your mother is my wife and nobody talks to my wife that way. So come here. And uh, you bend them over. And uh, my, wife would, my wife would tell you that she didn't do this. She didn't put her leg because she knew that the kids would eventually be bigger than her. Uh, and so she just said, you bend over the bed. And they would bend over the bed. And uh, then she would take this stinging instrument. Whether it was a, we would oftentimes take my belts and cut them off at about a foot and so you had a, there was no metal or anything attached and you could sting him with that and that's a good stinging instrument. Uh, uh, so something to sting. And then bend over and then uncover that side and spank. And uh, uh, if, it's a, if, it's, if you're the dad and the girl is a certain age, then you, want, you, want, you might want to allow the underwear to just be there and then you spank. But you want to sting, you do not want to bruise and that's the key thing. So when there's disrespect, uh, whatever age it comes, you show, at, at that moment, you say, this is what, what did you do? You ask them the question. When a, Adam and Eve blew it, God came into the garden. He didn't say, you blew it. He said, uh, where are you? Well, he knew where they were, but he wanted them to answer the question. Where are you? And then he said, uh, what did you do? Uh, uh, did somebody tell, who told you you were naked? And they had that, they, they backed themselves into a corner and then, and then God dealt with them and he followed through. Then after you, after you spank them, you sting them uh, and, and you sting their bottoms two or three times, whatever it is, you stop and you say, okay, now they're gone. <laughs> and you say, okay, now why did I spank you? Because I disobeyed. What did you do? I told mommy I wasn't going to do what she said. Okay, then, uh, was that right? No. Okay, now why did I spank you? Because you loved me. Now, this is what I always did with my kids. I just did this with my grandchildren. They were staying with us for nine months. I said, now, you need to apologize. And this is what they would say. Please forgive me for making you have to spank me. I forgive you. Did I want to spank you? No. Did I wake up this morning and think I want to spank you? No. I don't like to spank you, do I? No. 
why did you why did I spank you? Because I love you. We had these conversations. You see, the Bible says, the Bible says that we're to uh, bring our children up in the nurture. That is the word discipline and the admonition. That's instruction. So when you give discipline, you need to give instruction. So they know that I didn't spank him because I was angry. I didn't spank him because I was mad. I didn't spank him out of frustration. I spanked them to correct improper social behavior. And, and they, asked, they asked for forgiveness. I say, now, the next, if you do this again, if you disrespect your, your mom again, then you need to understand you're going to get a spanking again. The next time, it's going to happen, it, it, it's going to happen again. Also, you need to understand, uh, Dad, it's very important that you don't talk disrespectful to your wife in front of your children. Um, you may have a heated discussion in the back room, and you should always guard what you say, but you should make sure you never are disrespectful to your spouse in front of your children because that will cause them to say disrespectful things. Okay, hope that helps. Yeah, very good. All right. Anybody else have a question? All right. Um, maybe, one, maybe one more here, um, and then we'll uh, break for lunch, is... Um, how, what do you do, how, let's see how I can phrase this question. Um, what would be your recommendation where um, a wife is trying to maybe lead the home, not allow the husband to lead? She's the one that just maybe overbearing and she's the one that's always trying to lead and do everything and the husband doesn't feel like he's able to lead because the wife is always trying to step into that position. How would, what advice would you give on that? Okay, I'm going to give my wife to give some input on this, but here's, here's what I'd say. I'd say what you need to do is uh, lovingly uh, just lead. Um, my wife is a very strong leader, uh, but so am I. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm going to contradict her. Uh, when, I see, when I see that she if, she, if she said to my children to do something, and this, I don't know that this has ever happened. If she told my children to do something that I thought was improper, then what I would do is I would not say a thing until she was, until we were alone. And then I would say, I would talk to her on a one-on-one -on -one basis to, to, about, about not doing that again. Um, my wife, honestly, in the, in the situation, would be more likely to have to talk to me why did you tell him that it was okay to do that? Uh, because I would be the more lenient person, wouldn't you say that? Uh, and uh, my wife would, and she grew up with greater standards than I ever grew up with. So um, what I would say is this, that if your wife is dominant, if your wife is, um, um, is the one that just takes the leadership, then what you need to do is, is step back in the in the public area where the children are watching and say nothing but then afterwards take the lead with her and say, honey, I think it would be better if we did this and if we did that. And you say, well, that's going to cause a confrontation. Then you have a confrontation and you, you talk through, but you lovingly share with your wife, this is, I think it would be better if we did this. If your wife is leading them to do the right thing, just thank the Lord that you've got a wife that's, a, that's got that kind of leadership uh, potential and don't at, at, I'm not telling you to relinquish your leadership within the home I'm saying you be careful 
and lead and take the lead, but do it in a way that you are not um, demeaning her and demeaning her leadership. Would you like to comment? There's a book that's very good for women to read. <clears throat> it's called Having a New Husband by Friday. I think that's the name of it. I can look it up and tell you later if you're interested. But it deals with, on the other side of the coin, it deals with where the man does not take leadership for whatever reason. Maybe he didn't have a good example or maybe he just doesn't really know how to lead the family, the children day by day, or whatever the reason is. But, uh, and then there's conflicts and she, somebody has to lead because if dad isn't leading and mom isn't leading, the kids will. So um, there's a really good book that'll help her know how to help him get in the position he needs to be in as the leader. That's good, that, and that's a, I, I forgot about that book. So yeah, very good book saying, how do, I, how do I, by changing my actions, help my husband become the leader that he should be? And the thing that you want to do as a husband is say, how do I, by my, and ask the Lord, how do I, how do I approach this in such a way that I can help her trust the decisions that I'm making? Hope that helps. All right. Okay. Um, well, we're going to go ahead and break for lunch, um, and uh, we'll have a word of prayer in here. We'll go through, uh, I think that you can go two lines on either side, and the, there's one side you can go down in the kitchen, one side in the fellowship hall, and uh, there's food and desserts and drinks, and then, of course, the table's already set up. Uh, if you have young children, please have them go through the line with you. Uh, help them get their plates and things. Uh, that would be great. Um, but uh, then we'll, we'll eat lunch, and then after a little bit, um, we'll kind of do kind of our last session uh, over there in the fellowship hall and just uh, while we're sitting there around the tables and things. So let's go ahead and, have, and pray. We'll have a word of prayer. Uh, bless the food. Father, we do thank you, uh, Lord, for this day. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for the Tices again being with us. And, uh, Lord, just the, the wisdom uh, you've given them. Um, and, uh, Lord, we ask that you would just continue to, uh, help us, Lord, uh, in our marriages, in our homes, in our families, uh, Lord, just to desire to honor you and to be Christ-like in all that we do. Uh, Lord, we do ask that you just bless this food to our bodies, and just thank you for those that have prepared it. Uh, Lord, just uh, bless our fellowship and the rest of the day today, uh, Lord, even the services tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, God bless you. Go ahead and make your way over to the fellowship hall and uh, grab some food for lunch. Walk this road to home. Oh, all the shining light surrounds me when I kneel to pray. Well, I thank Him for that moment. He lifted my burdens away. He lifted my burdens at Calvary. He carried them high upon an old rugged tree. There's blood broke my chains of sin and washed me clean. In victory. I'll praise him for the day He lifted my burdens away He lifted my burdens
Once upon a time I was feeling mighty fine And I said it in a happy song I said it cause it told just how I felt And my friends started singing along If you ask me if I'm still feeling fine right now I can answer with an all time yes I can tell you how I feel There's never any need to guess Feeling fine after all this time I'm feeling mighty fine today Every day I'm climbing just a little bit higher Walking up the King's Highway I still wanna go where the milk and honey flow And I'm not gonna change my mind I'm happy on my journey and I'm still feeling mighty fine Wake up in the morning thinking about the journey Going to the promised land Thinking about the songs that we used to sing And I sing them all over again God has never changed and the song remains And heaven's still on my mind I know where I'm going and I'm still feeling mighty fine Well, I'm still feeling fine after all this time I'm feeling mighty fine today Every day I'm climbing just a little bit higher Walking up the King's Highway I still wanna go where the milk and honey flow And I'm not gonna change my mind I'm happy on my journey and I'm still feeling mighty fine Well, I'm still feeling I'm fine feeling right this time I'm feeling mighty fine today all this time. Every day I'm Every day I climb a little, little higher Walking up the King's Highway I still wanna go where the milk and honey flow And I'm not gonna change my mind I'm happy on my journey and I'm still feeling mighty fine Happy on my journey and I'm still Feeling mighty fine, still feeling fine. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, all earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him. Highest archangels in glory, strength and honor, give to his holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. In his arms, he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Ooh. I will sing of my Redeemer, His triumphant power I'll tell. How the victory He giveth over sin and death and hell. Sing, oh sing, sing of my Redeemer, with His blood He purchased me. On the cross He sealed my pardon, paid the debt, and made me free. Love unbounded, wonderful, deep and strong Praise Him, praise Him, tell us 
of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Praise him, praise him, Jesus, in joyful song, in joyful song. Amen. 
the trumpet of the Lord shall sound And time shall be no more And the morning ranks eternal, bright and fair When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there Let us labor for the Master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all His wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up
I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to Him I now resign. I have been redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am Redeemed and so happy in Jesus No language my rapture can tell I know that the light of His presence With me doth continually dwell Redeemed, redeemed Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb Redeemed child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer, I think of Him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent, His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the child and forever I am. I know I shall see in his beauty the King in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps, and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Redeemed. sentence for me led before Pilate I stood there beside him this man some were calling her king and as the crowd shouted crucify him the soldiers let me go free what kind of man guilty of nothing would suffer the shame and disgrace Hang on a cross Despised and rejected And willing to die in my place At Calvary For someone like me My name is Thomas, for three years I followed I saw every wonder and sign They say he has arisen, that his grave is empty I just can't believe he's alive Now standing before me, Jesus shows me The scars in his hands and his side 
what kind of man embraces a doubter, lovingly drawing me near. I don't have to wonder if I've been accepted, settled the worry and fear at Calvary for someone like me. My name is Peter, I knew him and loved him, but oh how I failed him that night. I promised Jesus that I'd never leave him, I'd willingly lay down my life. But there at his trial, I stood by the fire, I denied him three times. What kind of man? Pours out his mercy on someone who stumbles and falls With no way to earn it, no way to deserve it Forgiveness still came after all At Calvary for someone like me Oh, I've been Barabbas Guilty set free And I have been Thomas The doubter redeemed And I have been Peter Yes, I've been All three What kind of man Leads for the worthless And saves him Whatever it takes What kind of man would rescue a sinner and offer amazing grace at Calvary, at Calvary, for someone like me, for someone like me, for someone like me. Yeah. 
I failed you Lord, you know the many times I've gone astray But I've learned your love is stronger than my weakness And your ear is open every time I pray No one else has ever cared for me Could never be as close to me I'm not afraid to face the problems of tomorrow Knowing you are everything I'll ever need I'm amazed as you love me Trust the promise. 
Jesus Keeper. He is the truth, and the truth shall make you free.